You know, raising children is a tough job. How many moms will nod your head or raise your hand and say, it's a big job being a mom? It is. It's a, we know because we've had mothers and they had to raise us. That's how we know. It's a big job. Um, a couple of thoughts, though, before I get into the message. Uh, some of you dads and some of you older kids who knew better, you didn't yet stop and get mom a Mother's Day gift? And how many of you know that is a no-no? You gotta have something for mom. So I don't know if this helps or not, but I got two emails this week. There's a special Mother's Day sale going on at Harbor Freight Tools this weekend. <laughs> so be sure and pick up something for mom on Mother's Day. Because being a mom's a big job, tough job. Hey, you know what, yesterday, uh, well, let me back up. This weekend, our staff would, was at a conference down south of here a few miles. And so when we started home, you know, I got my phone app on because I thought there might be traffic, so I found the quickest route. And it took me on these back roads, and I didn't know where I was at exactly, but we pulled up to this stoplight, stop and the light was red, and we were sitting there waiting. And I looked to the right, and there's a liquor store with the parking lot there, and they got a big portable sign out there. You know, one of those old kind of signs you don't see much anymore. But this big portable sign sitting there in the, in the parking lot of this liquor store, and it's got a sign that says, get mom a bottle for Mother's Day. Because you're the reason she drinks. <laughs> How many amens can I get in the house this morning? Yeah, yeah. Now, if you're, if you're a guest here today, I do have a bit of a weird sense of humor, so please, if something weird comes up, stop and think about it. It may be funny. It's okay to laugh here at the Bridge Church, all right? Uh, speaking of tough jobs and tough jobs that moms have, I don't take for granted today that some of you have really, really difficult circumstances. And sometimes you wonder, what, what does God expect of me in my life as I'm raising these children what does God expect of me what I want to do today is I want to look at a woman in scripture a mother who had extremely difficult circumstances and yet she raised in part she raised one of the most powerful leaders in all of history you know as pastors we're always looking for new ways to communicate old truths because the truth of God's word never changes but we're looking for new ways of saying it and getting it across to people as I was preparing this week I was reminded as I was going through some thoughts in this story I was reminded that there are a lot of things that I probably said before in years gone by on Mother's Day and so you know I'm trying to think of new ways of saying things and I realize that sometimes the best way to learn is through repetition how many remember in school, I don't, I don't know if they still do this, how many of you can remember learning your multiplication tables? You know, you didn't learn it in a day. You went over it and over it and over it and over it until you finally got it in you. Well, some of the truths of God's word are the same way. And today I want to look at the mother of Moses. And we're going to look at seven lessons we can learn from her life about things we need to be pouring into our children. So let me take just a moment and set this up for you because we're going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 11. We're not going to read the Old Testament account. We're going to read the results in Hebrews chapter 11. But here's the basic setting. The people of Israel had gone to Egypt in the days of Joseph. A few hundred years later, they become a great nation. 
And the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh as he was called, was afraid of the people because of their numbers. And he was afraid at some point in time they would rebel or join with their enemies and fight against him. Egypt was the greatest empire on the face of the earth. So what Pharaoh did was he passed the law and he commanded that all of the Israeli or the Hebrew families could have children, but they could only have female children. So he commanded to their wives, the midwives that helped deliver the children, and he said, when they are giving birth, if they give birth to a female, to a little girl, you can let the girl live. But if it's a boy that's born, you've got to throw him into the Nile River. Now, needless to say, if you throw a baby into a river, the baby's not going to be able to swim. He's going to drown. But more than that, the Nile River was infested with crocodiles. His fate could be much worse than that. And that was the king's decree. So the Hebrew women, in order to obey the laws and the decrees of the king, are having to throw their boys into the river. Or if they try to hide them, they're taken from them when they're found, and they are then cast into the river because they're trying to stop the growth of the nation of Israel. And I want to begin my message with this thought today because I think it's timely for many of us. We can't always control life's circumstances. But we can always control how we respond to life's circumstances. And I want to look at the life of the mother of Moses, and I want to give you seven thoughts real quickly this morning. I'm not going to take a lot of time. Seven thoughts that I think we need to transfer to our children. Look, if you would, at Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. Notice the end of that phrase. He was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's if that's mom, tell her I'll call her after service, okay? I'll be right with her. They were not afraid of the king's command. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, speaking of Moses. Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith Moses kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. It's interesting when you read these verses, it's a bit of a summary. It's a New Testament phrase or a, a paragraph, statements about the life of Moses. It's a summary of who he was and what he did. And over and over again, you see the phrase, and by faith he did this, and by faith he did that, and by faith his parents had done this. It's obvious when you hear the story of Moses. When the decree went forth from the king, Moses was born, and his mother, it says, let's look at verse uh, number 23, if we could please. 
Verse 23 says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. It always catches my attention. Have you ever seen parents who didn't think one of their children was beautiful? <laughs> Did you ever see a mama look at her baby and say, Boy, you are one ugly baby. Yeah, I've never seen that. Never seen that. Everybody thinks their kids are beautiful. But this scripture seems to say something more than that. What it seems to say is that these parents saw something in their child that was important and valuable. I think today for every mom, every dad, every grandma and grandpa, every person who looks to the future, there are a couple of things we need to understand. You never know who you might be raising. You never know why God has put that child in your home. You never know what God's purposes are for that child. Moses' parents looked at him and they realized there's something special about this child. We've got to protect him. And for three months they did until they couldn't do anymore. And then the time came that mom took some reeds and made a basket. She took some pitch and waterproofed it. Then she took her child, covered the basket up, and set it down the river because after three months she couldn't hide the child anymore. What she basically did was she put the child in the hands of God. Just after the child was in the water, she sent her older daughter down, Moses' older sister, to watch and see what would happen, not knowing the fate of that baby. And about that time, Pharaoh's daughter, the king's daughter, came down with her entourage to the river to bathe. And as she was there bathing, she saw something in the reeds and told the people to go get it. And when they opened the basket, that baby Moses began to cry. And it grabbed her heart. It's as if she saw something that the parents had seen in that baby. It grabbed her heart and she took it home with her. And she raised the son of Hebrew family in her own house, in Pharaoh's house, even though the culture, the beliefs of those people were totally opposite. Even though the Egyptians looked down upon the Israelites, they saw them as, as, as uh, shepherds, as low-grade people. They'd made slaves out of them. And they saw this slave baby, and it grabbed her heart, and she took it home and said, I'm going to raise him in my house as the son or the grandson of the king. It's interesting how God knows how to walk into our circumstances and put his finger and his hand in, even when we don't see any way that God can work. So there's seven things I want you to see here about Moses. Verse 23 talks about Moses was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. Number one, I think the first thing that we need to be teaching our children or helping our children to know is we need to help our children know God. We need to help, help our children know God. Not just know about God. Knowing about God, that's religion, that's theology. But knowing God is different. It's relationship. You see, I think God needs moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas who will model for their children what it means to be in relationship with God. Because really teaching our children has two parts to it. Number one, there's communication. There's the words, the teaching. And number two, there's demonstration. There's showing them 
how to walk it out. Showing them how to read their Bibles. Showing them how to learn those lessons. Showing them how to pray and have a, a relationship with God. God wants us to help our children know God. When my boys were little, and I've shared this on, on several occasions, but when my boys were little, one of the things we did every night was we read a Bible story to them out of a kid's Bible book, and then we read the questions with the stories, and we made the boys learn the answers to the questions. We did it every night, and then we prayed with them before they went to bed. Why? Because I wanted those boys to know God. I wanted them to know, I wanted them to know about God but I also wanted to know that God wanted to be involved in our everyday lives. So we interacted with them and we taught them about applying God's word and about experiences. And it was interesting. There were even times when the boys looked at us and said, wait a minute, you're doing this and you taught us in the Bible story you're supposed to be doing this. Sometimes out of the mouth of babes, wisdom will come. But we need to teach our children and help them know God. I say this over and over and over again. The church is not here to save and teach your children. The church is here to reinforce what you're doing at home. We can't undo in one hour a week what the world is doing in all those other hours. We're here to reinforce what you're doing at home. So let's teach our children. Show them, help them to know God. The second thing, look at verse 24. Verse 24 says, By faith Moses... When he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Number two, I think the second thing we need to help our children with is we need to help them become who God created them to be. You know, I've told this story on different occasions, but it, it's so important, I think, on Mother's Day. When I was a young teenager and I got to the age where I began to be a little bit rebellious. How many of you know children can be rebellious when they get to their teenage years? How many of you know it can start younger? How many of you started younger? That's why your kids are so the way they are. You, you're just, you, 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 you planted the seeds before them. When I was at that age where I began to be a little bit rebellious, I remember one day my mom told me the story. She was correcting me for something and she was trying to get my attitude straight about some stuff. I remember she told me, she looked at me and she said, let me tell you something. I've never told you this before, but I want you to know this. See, I have an older sister who's five years older than me. It's my sister and me. We're the only two kids. But from the time my sister was born until I was born, that five-year period, my mom had a number of miscarriages. And then she became pregnant carrying me. And she looked at me and she said, I had several miscarriages and I began to pray and ask God to give us a son. And I promised God that I would raise that son to serve him all the days of his life. And I'd do everything in my power to teach him the ways of God. And she said, you may not like the way I'm correcting you and what I'm trying to teach you here. But I made a commitment to God and I'm going to fulfill my end of the bargain. And she said, I remember walking down that old dirt road in the country little village outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, when I was carrying you and I was praying and I was crying, saying, God, if you'll help me to deliver this son and not miscarry, he'll be yours all the days of his life. And she said, so don't fight me when I try to teach you the right ways. I'm doing what God told me to do. Now, why am I saying that today? She said, whatever God wants you to be, that's what you're going to be. Whatever God wants. You know, in our world today, there's an identity crisis going on. 
A lot of children don't have any idea who they are and what they are. And they're trying to find a voice that can point them in a direction and say, go here or go there. I believe moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas need to be the voices that help our children figure out who they are and what they are and have a hand in guiding them in the right direction to fulfill everything, every gift, every promise, every purpose that God has put in their lives. No human being... No human being is created by God without purpose. And I think sometimes we want to make our children over in our own image. But first and foremost, we need to realize our children are created in the likeness and image of God. And we need them to become what God created them to be. We need to help them become the people that God created them to be. Number three, look at verse number 25. It continues the thought about Moses. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Number three, we need to help our children learn right and wrong. In our world today, there's situational realities, there are situational moralities. They're taught so many things by culture around us that there are no absolutes. Based on the situation, you just do whatever you think is right and whatever you feel is right, and that's what's right. The problem is there are absolutes in the Word of God. And we need to teach our children what is right and what is wrong in the sight of God. If they don't learn it at home, they're never going to learn it. You know, I mentioned earlier something in, in my introduction, there, there are a couple things about this message. One is, you never know who you're raising. You never know who God's placed in your house. The other thing is, if we're going to raise godly children in this generation, we have got to be counter-cultural. we got to be voices like Moses' mother, like Moses' father, who stood up and said, no, 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 no. We're not going to let our children go this direction. We're going to teach them that this is the right direction. You see, when... When Pharaoh's daughter took Moses to her house, Moses' sister ran down and said, would you like me to call a Hebrew maid to help raise this child and to nurse him? Pharaoh's daughter said, yes, I need that. And you know who raised Moses as a baby the first few years of his life? His mother. Do you know who poured into him? His mother. And at a young age, she instilled in him things that made him a man of faith who knew God and followed God. God's given us absolutes about morality and about living. We need to teach these truths to our children, help them learn right from wrong. Number four, look at verse 26. The thought continues. Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. See, he had a choice to make. I can live in Pharaoh's house or I can take my place with the people of God. I may be persecuted. I may be looked down on as a slave. I may be seen as a lot of things, but the choice is mine. What am I going to do with my life? Somebody instilled in him that you need to be able to see life with an eternal perspective. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I grew up in a great family, mom and dad, my mom loved God. She had me in church every time the door was open from the time I was a little kid. She taught me the ways of God. My dad didn't really go to church much until I was about 20 years of age. 
He was a good man. He was a moral man. He made me go to church with my mom, but there were just some things that had happened when he was young and he had a difficult time finding his place in church. Later on, he made a full commitment of his life and he walked with God. As a matter of fact, I even got to be his pastor a few years before he passed away. But here's the interesting thing. In the middle of all that was going on, I can't tell you how it happened, but my mother instilled in me that you have this lens that you wear and everything you see that goes on in this world, you see it through the eyes of God's word and it gives you an eternal perspective on things. Because in our society today, our laws are being structured. Our, our young people are being taught you do what's right in the moment without an idea of what eternity holds. And we're not seeing what's going to happen to our lives in five years and 10 years and 20 years. God, through my mother, taught me to understand you don't look at life in the short term. You look at it in the long term. That when this life is over, you're just getting started on the eternity for which God created you. We need to live life and teach our children to make their decisions and see life with an eternal perspective. Moses had to make a decision and somebody instilled in him how to make that decision. How to see the big picture and the long term and not just the short term treasures. Let me use the words of Jesus. And I'm not changing the words, I'm just applying them to this message. What will it profit my children if they gain the whole world but lose their own souls. All the things that I've taught them, what good does it do if I've not first of all taught them to know God, to walk with God, to understand that there's eternity, to realize that in the short term I may not get what I want, but in the long term, forever and ever and ever throughout the ages that cannot be counted, God will be there pouring rewards into my life. We have to live with an eternal perspective and help our children to see that. Number five, look at verse 27. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him, God, who is invisible. Number five, help your children learn to live by faith. Help your children to learn to see that there is a God out there at work, even though my natural eyes don't see him, my spiritual eyes, my spiritual senses know that he's there and his word is true. Teach your children the promises of God and teach them to respect and hold on to those promises and believe that God is going to fulfill those promises in your lives. You know, in one of Paul's letters, he used the words, we walk by faith and not by sight. That's what, that's what it means to really walk with God. We walk by faith. We believe things we can't prove in the natural. We walk by faith, not by sight. I believe the promises of God, even though I can't see the fulfillment. From my salvation right on every, through, through everything else in life. But it's interesting. If you go back and look at that verse where Paul talked about that, in context, he's talking about the fact that when this life is over, our dead bodies will be raised from the dead and we'll get a brand new body. And that's where he makes that statement. We walk by faith and not by sight. We need to teach our children that from the, the, the cradle all the way through to the grave, all the way through into eternity, we can believe God to do the things that he said he would do in our lives. And we need to teach our children to wrap their hearts around it and live their lives 
for the truth of God's word, teaching our children in every situation to trust God. Number six, look at verse 28. I'm almost finished. Verse 28. By faith, Moses kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. If you don't know the story here, let me just run through it real quickly. When God was about to deliver Israel, the nation, from the bondage of Egypt, and he was using Moses to lead the people, he put plagues on the land to cause Pharaoh to let the people go. The last plague was what was called the Passover. It was the death angel, the judgment angel, would pass over the people. And God said to Moses, who passed it on to the rest of the people, you take a lamb that was symbolic of Christ. You kill that lamb and you take the lamb's blood and you put it on the doorposts of your house, the entrance to your house. Put the lamb's blood on the doorpost and then you eat the flesh. You eat the body of the lamb. It's called the Passover. And what you find in that story is that night, that the judgment angel, the angel of death, passed through the land of Egypt. And every family that had the blood over the doorpost, they were protected from judgment. But every Egyptian family that did not believe and did not have the blood on their doorpost, their firstborn was taken all the way up to Pharaoh the king's house. That was the final thing that released Israel from bondage. You say, well, why is that important today? Moses understood that God said this is the only way to be saved from judgment. And he taught it to the children of Israel. Here's what the New Testament teaches us. Jesus himself said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The book of Acts tells us that there's no other name given unto man whereby we can be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. Culture today says there are many routes to God, many trails you can take. Any road you want to take, it'll lead you to God. That's a lie of the devil. There's only one way to God. There's only one way to eternity. The Word of God declares it's through Jesus Christ. We must teach that to our children, not with hatred, not with evil intent, not to be smart alex to those around us, but to share with people Jesus Christ is the hope to know God and spend eternity with Him. We need to help our children learn the ways of salvation. As a matter of fact, I think it'd be a good thing if moms and dads talked to their children at home about accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Don't wait for the preacher or the children's pastor or the youth pastor to do it at church. Lead your children to God, to know God when they're young. Teach them the ways of salvation through Jesus Christ. Then number seven, the last thought, verse number 29. By faith, they, the nation of Israel. Now notice this. It begins out talking about one man, Moses. Now it says they, an entire nation. They passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Whereas the Egyptians attempted to do so and were drowned. Number seven, the last thought. Help your children learn that with God, nothing is impossible. One of the things that I tried to do with my boys when they were young is every night when we read the Bible stories and prayed, we would tell them what we were praying for as parents. And then we would ask them if they had anything they wanted us to pray for. 
Sometimes it was a teacher. Sometimes it was somebody at school. Sometimes it was a friend from church. You never knew what the request might be. Sometimes it was big stuff. Sometimes it was little stuff. No matter what the request was, before the boys would go to sleep, we'd stop and pray as a family and pray over each one of those requests. And we taught our boys from the time they were young. We prayed, we've asked. Now let's believe God to get involved in this situation and turn it around. We taught them to believe. We taught them when we, as a family, had needs. We all prayed together. We discussed those needs. We prayed over them and we taught them to believe God to supply for our family the things we could not supply for ourselves. It's amazing how many testimonies through the years they saw because they were involved in the process and they learned from the time they were children nothing is impossible with God. Pray with your kids. Believe with your kids. Teach them. Expect God to intervene in our impossibilities and then model it for them so that they would learn how to stand in faith and believe God on their own. Moms, it's easy to get overwhelmed with the responsibilities of life. It's easy to look around and say, I don't know where to go from here. Some of you mothers in the place today, you're single moms, you got a big load. Financially, materially, spiritually, emotionally. There's so much on you, and I understand it's a great, great responsibility and a great load. And sometimes you feel like, what can I do? Realize you're raising the heritage of the Lord. And His grace will be there for you. That No matter what you're carrying, He'll show up in your weakest moments. And He'll strengthen you and walk you through. And if you'll trust Him and believe Him, even in the middle of the impossibilities, He will show up. Even if he has to send an angel to your door, he will show up and provide for you and your children if you trust him. I want to pray for moms today. I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads. Nobody's moving. We're getting near the end of service. No one's moving unless you absolutely have to. I want to pray for moms today. Heavenly Father, I lift every mother to you today. Regardless of her age, regardless of circumstances. Father, we can't control circumstances, but we can control how we respond to them. Today we choose to respond in faith. I ask you to encourage every mother, every grandmother who's here today. I ask you to help them see beyond the situation they're now in and understand that if we'll believe you to get involved, you will put your hand in our circumstances. Father, encourage their hearts, strengthen them today. Father, I pray for miracles in mothers' lives. There are some mothers here today, they need absolute miracles. And Father, I ask that this week you would provide for them in ways they never dreamed that you could do it. Father, provide for them. You said your grace is sufficient for every situation. Give us your grace to continue to walk with you and trust you. And Father, on this Mother's Day, let us find the good, let us find words of faith, even in days of challenge with our own children, give us words of faith and help us realize your word does not return empty and void, but you will accomplish everything that you've sent it forth to do. So help us to speak your word into the lives of our children. In Jesus' name I pray. Heads are still bowed for one more moment. Maybe you're here today 
and you've listened to this message and you've thought, you know, I wish I knew God was on my side. I wish I knew that God would get involved in my life, but I don't have relationship with God. I don't have the assurance. I don't know God. I've never opened my heart to him today. Before we leave, I want to pray a prayer that will help you unlock and open up your heart to God. Friend, God will meet you right where you are. He loves you so much. He put his own son on a cross 2,000 years ago to die for your sins so that it would open the door for you to come into relationship with him. And all he's looking for is you to respond to him and say, God, I need you in my life. So I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I'm going to ask everybody in the house to pray this prayer with me. You don't have to scream the words, but I'm going to ask everybody here, pray this prayer out loud. It'll help those around you as you pray. Let's pray this prayer. Repeat after me. Say, God, I need you. And I open my heart to you. I need you. And I want you. I want to know you. Please come into my life. I accept Jesus as my Savior. He paid for my sins in full. I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. I want to learn your ways. I want to follow you. I want to walk with you. And I want to know all of your blessings now and forever. So I give my life to you. Teach me your ways. And from this moment forward, you will be my father and I will be your child. Thank you for receiving me into your family. Amen. Amen. Now, it might be that you prayed that kind of prayer for the first time in your entire life, or it might be that you prayed that prayer before, but you've been the prodigal child on the run. If you prayed that prayer and you opened your heart today, it's the greatest decision, greatest prayer you ever pray in your entire life. But here's the deal. It's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. So we've got a gift for you. It's a simple little booklet, a tool that'll help you get started building a relationship with God. You've opened the door today. Follow through. Let us give this to you. No strings attached. Two ways you can get it. When service is over, we'll have prayer teams at the front of the building. Just walk up to one of these teams and say, can I get the booklet? They'll know exactly what you want. They'll give it to you there. If you want to visit, that's great. If you've got questions, they'll answer questions. If you want prayer for something else, they're here to pray with you. If you just want to get it and go, that's fine. But please do this as a step of faith. We want to help you start building your relationship with God. And if you're in a really big rush today, and I know some of you are in a bit of a rush because it's Mother's Day, out in the lobby, right in the middle of the glass doors where you exit the building, there's a counter set up there with a sign. You can stop by there, get the same booklet there. Just walk up and say, can I get the booklet? Even if you don't remember the name, the next seven days, they'll know what you want. We want to help you get started building relationship with God. God bless you. Can we put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family? God bless you today. Pastor Nick. Well, it's that time of service where we're going to continue in worship through our giving. Um, if you're here today and you filled out one of those connection cards, this is also the time for you to turn that in when, when the bucket gets passed down. You know, I was thinking about some of the lessons and things that my, my mom taught me. And I remember growing up in church, and it would be offering time, and, and my mom or my dad, they would kind of slip me a dollar and be like, okay, you go put this in the offering. I'm like, okay. 
And then as I, I got older, that just kind of translated into freely giving. And then when I got a little bit older and got a job and those types of things, giving just became natural. You know, one of the things that, that we do with our kids and my, my wife, she does a great job with this. We give our kids a commission. And what she does is she goes and she has three, three things. This is what you're going to give to the Lord. This is what you're going to save. And then this is what you can spend. And so at a young age, just trying to teach them. And as you do that, it teaches them how to budget. It teaches them all kinds of things. But it teaches them how to trust God. And so I want to encourage you, as, as you give, know that you can trust God. And I also want to thank you for giving. Thank you for what you're doing here, because as you give, you are blessing the people in this community, and you are blessing people through the world. So as we give, would you just pray with me for a moment? Lord, thank you for this opportunity to give. Lord, I pray that you would bless people today, especially our moms. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's watch church news. Good morning and welcome to The Bridge. My name is Ashley and I want to give you a very special welcome today. We hope that you feel right at home this morning and that you and your family have a great experience. We want to keep you informed about everything that's happening in church life so that you can get involved. So here's a look at a few things coming up in the days ahead. We hope you'll find your place and be a part of what God's doing here at the bridge. Last Sunday, we launched our brand new format of Connecting Point during the 1130 service. We had 25 people who became partners and decided to make the bridge their home church. We are so grateful for everyone who came, and we want to welcome all of our new partners to the Bridge family. And if you haven't heard yet, Connecting Point is happening on the first Sunday of every month during the 1130 service. This is where you go to find out more about the heart of the church and how you can get involved and how you can make the Bridge your home church. If you want to join us next month, Connecting Point is happening on Sunday morning, June the 2nd at 1130. Just sign up at the Info Center or on our website. You can also sign up through the Bridge app. We want to help you get connected here at the Bridge. The season finale of Bridge Men is happening this Tuesday, May 14th. All guys are invited to join us for a fun night of fellowship and the teaching of God's Word. Throughout this season, we have focused on the theme, Finish Strong. And this month, that is exactly what we plan to do. Come and be encouraged to stand strong in the gates that God has placed you in and be the man that God has called you to be. The evening will begin at 6.30 p.m. when a full dinner will be served. Guys, we hope you'll join us this Tuesday at 6.30 for the season finale of Man to Man. If you're new to the bridge, we want to personally invite you to stop by the Info Center before you go today. Take a few minutes to come and say hi. Our team would love to meet you and help you get connected in church life. They can also answer any questions that you might have about the church. For more general info and to stay up to date, be sure to check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. You can also stay plugged in by downloading the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app, to 77977. Thanks again for spending your morning with us. We hope to see you next Sunday and have a happy Mother's Day.
All right, men in the house, got some instructions for you. First, if you didn't make a reservation for lunch, just kidding. No, hey, for our guys, I just want to remind you that we have uh, Bridgemen coming this Tuesday. It's going to be at 6.30. It's a full-on meal. So come hungry, bring a friend. It's going to be amazing. For ladies of the house, happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for giving us Band-Aids and, you know, kissing us and hugging us and giving us a kick in the rear when we need it and all those things. Thank you so much. We hope that you feel appreciated and loved today. Outside, there's some photo booths for you. Take some pictures, and I'm going to speak life over the pictures and that your children are all going to smile at the same time and that the pictures are going to go perfect, all right, and it's going to be awesome. Enjoy some treats outside. God bless everybody. Back to you, you said I...